Hey guys, I'm your host Mark Lynch and you're listening to another episode of the Unbreakable Mind Podcast where we explore what makes for a truly unbreakable mind that will put you within reach of your biggest goals. So let's get after it. Hey everybody, how's it going? I hope you're having a fantastic week. I'm here with another Unbreakable Mind episode for you this week, and I'm glad that you've been enjoying them so much. I'm getting some great reviews, some great feedback from all of you guys over on Instagram. So thank you for everyone who is reaching out. But today, I want to talk about something that I think is kind of plaguing our society, and that is the idea that we always need more, that more is better, the disease of more. And this might seem strange coming from someone like me who kind of is in that self-help space, who helps coach people reach their next levels. There isn't always more. There isn't always more we need to be striving from. And I actually see this a lot in people that I work with. Some people are actually extremely high performers to begin with and they'll come out seeking a coach looking to help them reach that next level and you know what a lot of us have things we can work on a lot of us have things we can improve but eventually you're going to get to a point where you're not going to be able to improve certain areas without sacrificing other areas and that's where this disease of more kind of comes into play because there isn't always more to achieve sometimes we do get to a peak and it's more about maintenance or more about becoming more comfortable with that level figuring out where we are willing to make sacrifices and where we want to make gains and moving on from that point so This idea that we can always have more, that we can always be improving is something that I think is actually plaguing people because it puts pressure on us to constantly be striving to be better, to top ourselves, when sometimes what we should really be striving for is maintaining that level, maintaining that level of excellence that we've set out for ourselves. Sometimes there's nothing to fix. Sometimes there's just nothing wrong with us. And when I say that to people who ask that question, they're like, what do you mean? Like, and then I just say, what if there is no next level? What if that's just an idea we've kind of had put into our head by social media self-help gurus, these people who self-proclaim themselves as these self-help gurus? What if you're just constantly pursuing more and preventing yourself from appreciating the things that you already have now, where you are now? And most people don't like that answer. So I'm not surprised if you don't like that answer either. But that's just how I feel about it. I feel like the idea that we always need to be improving might actually be a problem. And that constantly striving for more, that disease of needing more and more and more, that seeps into other areas of our lives, whether it's more money, whether it's more responsibility at work or higher prestige, whether that's certain awards, whether that's being respected in certain ways by other people. Like when that happens, you begin to focus on yourself so much that you forget about the things around you. You forget about the people around you. And that has a mental impact on you and your life and the people around you. That can create a toxic, not only internal, but external environment around you when you are constantly striving for more and never ever settling or accepting the fact that other people may, may not want 
to do that. They may not want to do that. They may not want to live that way. And you know what? You have to kind of, if you are at these points, figure out where you are willing to make sacrifices, where you want to make gains. Because I've talked about this in a few episodes now, this idea that every action comes with a cost. Every action comes with a consequence. Nothing in life is free. We have to earn it. And if you want to earn in certain areas, that means sacrificing in others. And that's a reality you're going to have to accept. There's not always more to achieve. And it's at this point that I kind of want to introduce what might be a novel idea to some of you. Definitely not all of you, especially with the trends of minimalism going around right now. But it's this idea that more isn't always better. And... I'm kind of going to use an example here because psychologists throughout history, at least when it started, the field, they tend to focus on or they tended to focus on the things that kind of made people break down. So things that caused mental illness, things that led to emotional breakdowns, things that caused people pain, that tended to be what they focused on at the outset of this field of study. It wasn't until like the 1980s where things kind of turned around and people said, you know what, why are we studying all these things that cause people to break down? Why don't we study some of the things that make people happy, that make us feel positive, that make us feel good about our lives? And that's where we've seen in the last probably 10, 20 years, all this information coming out about how to be happy. So things like the happiness equation, that's a book that is right on top of this. How to live a happier lifestyle, how to recognize your inner greatness. All these types of books have been based on these studies. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here because one of the first things that these psychologists did when they were studying happiness was simply put out one of the most basic surveys that I've ever seen. And it's just, they put out (laughs) to massive numbers of people and asked us two simple questions. On a scale of one to 10, how happy are you in this moment? And two, what's been going on in your life to cause these feelings? That's how simple this study was. And they collected thousands upon thousands of ratings. And you know what? The results were kind of boring. <laughs> Pretty much everyone wrote something like a six or a seven, right around that range all the time. It didn't really matter what was going on in their lives, whether it was going to the grocery store, seven, whether they were attending their kid's soccer game, seven, whether they were about to get a promotion at work, seven. It didn't matter. Even when things happened, it was right in that range. It was only when catastrophic things happen like terrible unfortunate events like a family member passing away or losing financial security things like that did happiness drop below the five mark maybe between like three to four range and even then it was only for a certain amount of time for most people a short period of time before it would eventually return right back to seven again And the reverse is actually also true for extremely positive events where like when people had those big promotions, when people went on big vacations, got married, like these really positive life events, they won the lottery, maybe whatever it was, they they shot up to like eight or nine for a period of time and then settled back around seven. And this this is a fascinating result because what it shows us 
at least what I took away from it, is that we tend to sit right around that seven range. And when bad things happen, when good things happen, we either dip or spike for short periods of time, meaning we're neither happy nor unhappy most of the time. Most of the time, we are simply content. And I guess putting that another way, it's just kind of saying that things are almost always fine. They could always be better, and they could always be worse. But this constant idea where we're at a seven, it plays a little trick on us. And it's a trick that I think we fall for over and over and over. And that trick is our brain telling us, you know what, we could always have just a little bit more. I'd finally get to that 10 if I just had a little bit more. And most of us live that way. We live chasing that 10. We want to win the lottery again after we've won it once. We want to get that spike again. You think you might be happier if you get that new job, that promotion, and spike up to that next position. Like, oh, I was a 10, now I'm in that position, now I'm a 7 again after a little while. So I need a new position, a new higher position. I need more respect, more rewards, whatever it might be. This idea that we always need to be chasing these spikes to get up to that 10 to finally be happy it puts a lot of stress on us. It puts mental, it's a, it's a huge mental burden. That's, that's what I have to say about that. It's a mental burden to constantly be trying to chase these spikes to be happier in life. Because you know what? Regardless of what you do, eventually you are going to settle back around that seven, regardless of what improvements you've made in life. So chasing more constantly isn't always better because it kind of puts you on that hedonic treadmill where you're constantly going through the cycle striving for that better life expending tons of energy effort and time to end up in the same place and just to clarify i'm not saying this doesn't mean we shouldn't be motivated to do things in our lives we should absolutely be motivated to do things but it just means we need to be motivated by maybe things other than simply chasing happiness. It means we have to be driven by something possibly greater than just improving ourselves. Otherwise, we're just going to get into that cycle. We're just going to go through the motions. Yeah, we'll spike up and get those eight, nines, and ten levels whenever we achieve something, but eventually we'll fall back to a seven as long as we are chasing things that are solely for ourselves or solely for the sake of our happiness. Because I think more than ever that this has become an actual kind of mental disease almost. This self-help junkie. This idea where we're constantly chasing these self-help tips. We're buying all these books about it. We're trying to make all these changes to our lives continuously. And you know what? I would even characterize myself as one of those for a while back in my past. Not too long ago even. I would say that was probably me a few years ago. One of my favorite rituals every single day was simply waking up, going for an early run, and then kind of figuring out what my three to five goals were going to be for that week, what I was going to accomplish for that week. And it was all about being productive all the time. And when I look back at that, yeah, I did get a lot done, but I also missed out on a lot. I constantly was analyzing what I wanted from life, what my values are, what my priorities were. And you know what? I ended up kind of chasing arbitrary goals, things that kind of sounded nice, things that would maybe lead me down to more money, things that led me to higher levels of fitness. But 
eventually the conclusion that I came to, the funny thing was that I saw about self-improvement for the sake of self-improvement is that it really didn't mean a whole lot. It was more of a hobby. I was, I was asking myself, why, why did I need to be more productive? Why do I need to achieve more? Did it bring me anything that I wasn't getting from my life before? Was I happier now than I was before? And it's weird to call self-help a hobby. It might even be weird for you to hear me call it that. But it took me a long time to accept the fact that just because something can be improved in my life doesn't mean that it needs to be improved or even that it should be improved. Because improvement isn't always the problem. More isn't always the solution. It's the why that is motivating the improvement that matters. Why did I need to improve that? Why did I want to improve that? What was I going to gain in my life from making that change? Because when we are just compulsively looking to improve ourselves without real reason behind it or understanding the driving why behind those actions, it leads to a life where we become immensely self-preoccupied and kind of down a road towards narcissism almost, where we're constantly being attentive and focusing only on ourselves. And ironically, this actually ends up making our lives typically worse off. And this is why I've kind of shifted my thinking a little bit and I've taken some real time to really reflect on this. And I think the same principle kind of applies to self-improvement. Self-improvement tools should be used kind of like bandages and only to be open and applied when something's seriously wrong, when something's seriously hurt, when something's seriously broken. We don't need to fix things that are already working. We don't need to always improve things that are always working. The goal of a band-aid isn't to put it on your knee when there's nothing there and make it better than it was before. The goal of a band-aid is to fix something that's broken. And I think that's how we need to begin thinking about self-improvement. When we recognize that something's broken or that we're doing something a completely toxic way or that something's just not serving us anymore, that's when we can use these strategies to make improvements. But when things are going well, when you've set up a, a point where you can be happy about your relationships, happy about your career, happy about the things that you're doing in terms of your physical health, your mental health, when you are doing well in these areas, you don't always need to strive for more. Sometimes we need to be okay being content and that in itself may take some serious strength. And this brings me to my last point and I've kind of already hinted to it earlier in this episode and that is that life is not always a game of continuous improvement but instead rather one where we're making sacrifices and gains or a game of trade-offs I guess would be a better way to term that and I think people don't like that idea of trade-offs is because we typically think of life in terms of linear growth and improvement the only place in our lives that I feel that is true is when we're really young, when we're children. Because you know what? We haven't developed a lot of skills. We don't know a lot of things when we're really young. That is when we are exponentially growing in that linear pattern. I guess exponential and linear aren't really the same thing. But you get what I'm saying there. You're, you're growing in a steady upward trend as a kid. As a kid, our knowledge and understanding of the world grows massively each year. 
And even as a young adult, maybe our opportunities and skills are still rapidly growing. But once you have established yourself in adulthood, we've developed a certain degree of knowledge. We've developed a certain degree of expertise and skills in areas that we've invested our time and energy into. And life at that point is no longer a question of whether we're improving linearly or not anymore. It's just not possible anymore. But rather, it becomes a trade-off. Because think about this. So for me, for example, I've spent probably... 10 years now, the better part of 10 years, spending or investing into my healthcare education. And as a result of that, I have established myself in this field. I have a career, I'm doing well, it's been a successful endeavor. But if I wanted to expand my talents and expand myself into other skills, whatever that may be, that might mean that I'm kind of focusing on that new area and developing those skills that I maybe never worked on before. And that may force me to make sacrifices in terms of what I'm learning in the healthcare field or opportunities in the healthcare field, just because I don't have the same amount of time to put into both of them anymore. If I was putting in 500 hours into healthcare, I don't have another 500 hours to put into this new skill. So if I wanted to develop it, I might have to scale back what I was spending on healthcare. Maybe put that back to 400, whatever it may be, whatever the numbers come out to for you. You got to make trade-offs at some point. And that's going to happen regardless of where you are in life, regardless of what you want to achieve. Because you're at a point right now where you're probably good at something, where you've developed certain skills, where you're doing something well already. If you want something else, you need to understand that there are going to be trade-offs, that you are going to have to make sacrifices in certain areas of your life. So be aware of those trade-offs because most people aren't. They put their time and energy now that's occupied in things that they have invested in their entire lives into new things and then they don't they can't understand why they aren't getting the same opportunities they used to in the original skill and that you're going to suffer as a result if you don't understand what's going on in that situation that's the point i want to make here more is not always better more is not always going to make you happier sometimes All we need to do is to be careful about what it is we want to achieve and understand why it is that we want to achieve those things. If you can answer these questions, why do you want to make this change? Why do you want to achieve this? Why do you want to make that improvement? And you can give yourself good answers to those questions, then go for it. But if you can't, if you can't understand why you want to make that change or why you want to make that improvement to your life or chase that self-help, path, then you've got something to seriously think about. Because we need to be careful with our drive for constant improvement simply for the sake of improvement, the desire for more for no other reason than it's more because we want to keep up with the Joneses. Be careful with adopting new dreams and goals that could harm the success and happiness that you've already established for yourself today. Now, I'm not trying to be negative here. Again, I want to emphasize that. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying be careful. Understand the why behind these changes. 
as the cliche would go, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. And when you get that new thing, it might mean you lose part of the old thing. And that might not be a sacrifice you've even thought you've ever had, you would have to make. It might not be a sacrifice you would have agreed to if you had been aware of it originally. Life isn't a checklist. Because life isn't a mountain that we need to continuously be scaling. It's more of an economy where we make these trade-offs. When we want something new or something else of value, then we need to put our attention and effort into it. And that means making sacrifices in different areas. And eventually, we need to figure out what we're willing to trade for, what sacrifices we're willing to make. And to do that, we need to be careful and understand our values and well, understand our priorities. We need to understand ourselves is what that boils down to and what we're willing to sacrifice, what we're willing to trade for. So more is not always better because we get to a point where we can't always have more. You need to understand the trades you want to make in your life that are going to make you happiest. So that's all that I have to say about that this week. I hope you got some value out of this week's Unbreakable Mind episode, everyone. If you did, take a quick second, pop into the rating section, and please leave a rating for the show that helps it grow. That is how you can help me. That is the one thing I want you to do if you want to give back to me. So thank you guys for another week, and I'll see you in seven days. Until then, stay excellent.